Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, that forced residents to evacuate and prompted a massive cleanup operation has been followed by partisan finger-pointing, misinformation, and investigations. And after the National Transportation Safety Board put out an initial report late last week about what caused the train's derailment, there's some obvious questions lingering. Was this incident preventable, and how are federal lawmakers and agencies responding? So today, Politico's Tanya Snyder on what that report said, why this train derailment has caused partisan finger-pointing, and more. It's Monday, February 27th. There are often well over a thousand derailments a year, but generally only about two dozen of those involve hazardous materials. But if a few train cars of coal or grain derail, that's a hassle. For the railroad, it can be a hassle for the communities too if rail crossings are blocked. But it's a whole different story when there's a mandatory evacuation, a massive fire, toxic chemicals in the air and the water. No one was killed in this incident, thank goodness, but it was terrifying. Wow. And so federal regulators did already come out with a preliminary report about what caused the train to derail here. So what did that find? They're focusing on a wheel bearing that overheated. So why did it overheat? For one thing, they'll be looking into that. But also the train went through three detectors that check for exactly that overheating wheel components. And they did detect that it was getting hotter and hotter. But it wasn't until the third detector showed that it was more than 250 degrees above ambient temperature that an alarm went off and the engineer stopped the train. And by then the derailment had started, the wheel bearing had caught fire. There were plastic pellets in that train car with the wheel bearing that was overheating and those plastic pellets melted and caught fire. And then cars carrying toxic chemicals came off the rails, which eventually were in danger of exploding. Got it. And What role, if any, then did former President Donald Trump's watering down of rail regulations play here? I know that's been part of the conversation, especially among Democrats. Yeah, here in this case, it's not actually clear what could have helped or what hurt. Like I said, this is about a wheel bearing, but there are a lot of policies or procedures that could have potentially made it worse or could in the future, if their change made it better, there's been a lot of focus on a rule from 2015 that would have mandated more modern braking systems. That was a rule that was put forward under Obama and then withdrawn under Trump. But there was congressional interference in the middle. And it's actually not at all clear that different breaks would have made any difference at all here in this case. Trump also withdrew a rule that would have required at least two people on the crew of a train. But this train actually had three people on it. It had two crew members and a trainee. So we can debate whether or not there should be a two-person minimum crew size. The railroads say there shouldn't be. Most Republicans say there shouldn't be or said until this happened. And now they're calling for higher minimum crews. But either way, it doesn't really seem to be a factor here. 
Got it. And of course, there's been a lot of partisan criticism thrown in each direction related to this catastrophe. But lawmakers of both parties have seemed to agree that the Transportation Department's oversight of the railroad industry's labor and safety practices should be scrutinized from here. So are you expecting lawmakers or agencies to propose new regulations or legislation from this incident? Or is that unlikely? Well, DOT already put forth a plan of action that they want to take what's already within their jurisdiction, what they need Congress to work on, and what they want from the railroads. In terms of what Congress is going to do, like you said, this has been an extremely partisan moment. Rail disasters aren't usually such extremely partisan experiences, but this one has been. The incident was news, but it wasn't constant front page news when it happened. It wasn't until about 10 days later that all of a sudden conservatives started this drumbeat of why is Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg not there on the ground. Now, Transportation Secretaries don't usually go to the scene of a disaster. Having a secretary there in person, what most people have told me is that that ends up being a distraction and it makes life harder for the investigators and for the community. Trump went on Wednesday of last week because he was making a point that the Biden administration isn't there, but real leaders like him will show up. And the schools had to shut down. And the schools had been closed for the entire week after the derailment. Now they had to close again. High-profile visits can actually be more of a distraction and more of an inconvenience. And the people of East Palestine have said that they feel like they've become political pawns when really they're just trying to focus on getting back to normal life. Also, the Energy Department is exploring a plan to offer a government endorsement for natural gas that meets a minimum standard for cleanliness. Two industry sources familiar with the proposal told Politico. It's a move aimed at helping U.S. gas producers maintain sales even as nations ramp down fossil fuel dependency to address climate change. Already, a number of companies have sprung up to certify the carbon footprint of natural gas collected in Texas, New Mexico, and other places. But there's no federal government program verifying the legitimacy of these private sector efforts. The DOE effort would set a minimum standard that has to be met to help build confidence in the marketplace. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.